Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the I Can Do This podcast. I feel like we should start off with an epic round of applause because today's episode is about overcoming and victory. And I'm very excited to share an interview with Kelsey and Lucy on beating a binge eating disorder. In today's episode, we're discussing when an eating disorder can creep into your life, it slowly takes over, like a melting of an ice cap to a northern ecosystem. An eating disorder has the power to encapsulate our mind with an intense search for unrealistic perfection. It steals our joy with the sole intent to snuff out our uniqueness, our light, and our beauty. I'm so excited for Lucy and Kelsey to share their story of love, friendship, and journey of overcoming. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having us. We're excited to be here and, of course, talk about a really important topic. My name is Lucy Dunn. My name is Kelsey Dunn. And we're married. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Why don't you share a little bit about yourselves, like growing up, where travels, how you met? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm from Australia. I've got this sort of strange accent going on now because I've been in North America for over 10 years. Um, So, yeah, I grew up living my life on the beautiful beaches of Australia in Melbourne and really just had this sort of desire to travel straight out of high school and so picked up a one-way ticket to New York City and essentially never looked back. It just uh, didn't feel... Right to go home. I did go home for a short stint, and then I was just instantly like, I just need to get out of here. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm in life. I'm not ready to go to university. I definitely don't want to get like a full time job and lock myself down. And so, at that time, the only option for me was to just like keep traveling. And then, yeah, fast forward a number of years, ended up in Canada because of work visas, and that being one of the only places that wanted to take me long term. And then I met Kelsey and we got married and I'm a resident now. Yeah, absolutely loving life. Nice. I feel like that went real married, I'm a resident. It wasn't all that easy. <laughs> um, so I'm Kelsey and I'm from originally I grew up in a small town just south of Calgary and I lived like the very typical small town farm life. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I just grew up with this freedom to be able to do kind of whatever I wanted to do. My parents trusted me. There was enough people around town looking out for you. So I had freedom kind of forever. And then much like I didn't want really to go to university. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I started to travel. Mm. I moved to Australia when Lucy moved here because I was just like, how far can I go? Where can I go? That's warm. My big thing was I needed to go to a country that they spoke English Mm -hmm. because I'd never been on an airplane I'd never really gone anywhere by myself so I was like if they speak English this is good and I found Australia I went and it yeah I guess just ignited that I guess passion for travel and I don't know I ended up coming home because you have to visas run out and mm-hmm. worked a few jobs here and there and then yes like Lucy said we met we got married I sponsored her to stay in the country and mm-hmm. yeah now I'm responsible for her for the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you want to share the story of how you guys met? Oh, gosh. We could probably take the whole podcast. But um, I guess a snapshot summary is Kelsey thinks I added her on Facebook, but I actually didn't. We still have a, a no idea how this whole Facebook thing happened. But she messaged me because she was on her laptop in the olden days when you used to be able to see the chat and you could see who was online. Mm. And this girl had added her and she accepted and then was like why didn't this person talk to me for a few weeks here she is I'll ask her and so she messaged me and then I got on the other end the the chat popped up and I was like 
who's this Kelsey girl? And then <laughs> essentially we started talking, figured out we didn't actually know each other, but we probably should know each other. And so then we met on a, a first date and it was definitely love at first sight for me, but it was Kelsey who just thought we were going to be friends. I think. Yeah, I was looking for friends. I was like, she looks fun. She looks like she wants to go on an adventure and my friends kind of suck right now. So I'll <laughs> just look for new friends. And then that didn't work out either because she loved me from the moment she saw me <laughs> that's awesome i did a recording yesterday and i'm convinced that facebook match makes because they had the same argument they were like i didn't add you you didn't add me <laughs> and they're like someone obviously added someone else but maybe facebook is behind it all <laughs> i sent them a message asking because i actually genuinely wanted to know the story and i was like surely you have record of when this friend request happened I don't have it anywhere in my notifications. It's not sitting in Kelsey's. Like, what What was the reason for this? And we never heard back. But one day we might know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just call HQ and ask them to track it down. <laughs> you want to share a little bit of a synopsis of your dating life and, you know, who proposed and wedding highlights? Sure. We dated, like, typical. And so lesbians have this thing where it's like, are you a U-hauler? Like, and I don't know, your listeners probably know what that means, but it's like lesbians start dating and then within, like, a week they move in and they get, like, a cat or a husky and then they stay together forever. That didn't happen to us, really. Um, I tried to move in with Lucy and she straight up was like, no. Like, I don't <laughs> And you can't, like, I think on her end, which we might get to this later but it's like I wanted to move in because I wanted that commitment and she was just like I think you moving in would mean that my life is going to change and I'm not ready to focus on you as well as just me so mm -hmm. she kind of pushed me out and her roommate at the time <laughs> I remember going to him and I was like she doesn't want me to move in and he's like well I'll convince her because I want you to move in so it was this very <laughs> like we became three roommates and oh gosh, I don't know. And then quickly after that, I think probably a few months of living with someone else, we did decide, hey, this is going to be really good for us. And then we moved out and got our own apartment. Mm -hmm. And then we did it for three-ish years. Yeah. I proposed in a very romantic way, but only because I was terrified that she would propose to me and I don't know how to deal with surprise as well. So mm -hmm. I beat because I was super anxious yeah, we have a proposal video that went, like, it's got, like, over 60,000 views right now. Ooh, it went, it's going to be a little bit of a secret thing, and I guess that uh, went sort of mini viral, and everybody absolutely loves it. Kelsey went all out. <laughs> yeah, I really did go all out, but I didn't know what else to do. And then, as most lesbian couples do, the other, I would presume, was supposed to propose back to me so that I could have an engagement ring, and Lucy waited until, like, a month before our wedding to propose <laughs> not, like, not that she needed to because we obviously knew we were still gonna get married our wedding was already planned and paid for but i did get my very special moment Aww, <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> but she got a proposal yeah. yes i did I'm going to tag that in the show notes. It's a, it's a tearjerker. Everybody that watches it sends us borderline hate messaging because they're like, I was not ready for that. Oh. I was not ready uncontrollably. Oh. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's incredible. I don't know what would be a good segue from that, but I know, Lucy, you'd mentioned that, you know, you did overcome a binge eating disorder. Do you want to talk about, do you remember what kind of started? Do you remember when things started to get out of control? Yeah, I mean, we can talk, there's a few different layers to it. I mean, it basically, I didn't even realize it was an issue. 
um, for a long time. But then Kelsey kind of met me when I was very much in like the thick of struggling. And then I would say even the first year of our relationship, it probably got a little bit worse before it got better. Mm. And so we can start it there. I mean, I can give a little tiny bit of, of backstory about sort of how I think it sort of kicked off, but yeah. it definitely very much got a lot worse in that first little bit of us like newly dating. Yeah. Do you remember what kind of led to the start of a binge eating disorder? If you could pinpoint it to a moment. I, I don't think there's one moment that I can pinpoint it to, but essentially for me, what it was, what was happening was I became very obsessed with both exercise and food at the same time. I had lost weight. I was really proud of my results. I then was in a place where I didn't really know much outside of exercise and nutrition. It, it sort of became my life. And mm -hmm. so isolating myself a little bit, I was, you know, working out for hours on end. I would spend my whole, you know, weekend meal prepping and making sure everything was measured and portioned and controlled. And I was just sort of running in that cycle. And so that's really, if I had to define like a moment, it's kind of like that in itself mm -hmm. that really did what led to the, the binge episodes. And so it was just this combination of extreme over exercising and then just like obsessive natures to do with nutrition mm -hmm. and it just spiraled from there yeah kelsey do you remember you first started dating if you recognized anything was kind of going on i mean i knew this question was going to come but i did recognize it but then at the same time i was young and selfish also so i was like these are your problems like mm -hmm something seriously wrong with you and we're freshly dating and if you think I'm gonna solve your problems or wait for you to solve your problems like that's on you mm -hmm. but she also didn't want to talk about it like she was so controlling but so like right there was no convincing her that she could probably eat six almonds instead of five almonds because it was going to cause an argument so I was just like look you do you mm -hmm. and if it works out but like I I don't know how to compete with you anymore mm-hmm you're ever ready to like have dinner with me that's awesome I'm making dinner anyway but until then like I don't know yeah I can't even imagine looking back now very I think I was very scary to approach because mm. I was so obsessed with it and because it was everything to do with my life it's like if you then attack that or confront that it's like I can't even imagine what that is like to try and think about doing because I was not approachable about it I would have you know bitten your head off to be honest yeah do you remember do you remember why was it like was that attitude out of of just fear or just protecting yourself or just wanting what you were doing to work yeah I would say all of the above I had been through um quite a, a sad in my world devastating breakup and mm. so back on that relationship that lasted for a few years there was a lot of control going on I wasn't allowed to do certain things I wasn't allowed to have my say there were there were lots of things going on that when that ended and when I found you know working out and when I found this nutrition love and when I found these things I felt like for the first time in my life I had this really big like control piece that was me mm. and so then when Chelsea entered the picture it was basically like 
one of the biggest hesitations even to, to move in was like, you're, I don't want you to sort of control me. I do not want my life to change at all. I, this is me, like take it as it is. It was very much like my way or the highway. And looking back now, I can see so many things, you know, that aren't necessarily fair with that. But at that time I was just so protective and fearful and, and all of these traits that I had just picked up from that last year of really just finding myself that, mm-hmm. um, that eating disorder really, you know, worse as well because that became another thing that I was sort of fixated on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes like um, stuff like this will sneak into our lives, and it won't it won't necessarily take over and ruin everything. But in a relationship, it'll be such an anchor on growth and on truly showing up and loving ourselves. As Brene Brown says, she says that you cannot truly love others unless you allow yourself to truly love yourself. Do you think that there was moments or things that kind of came up in your relationship that that were affected by the like your binge eating disorder outside of just food? Yes. Yeah. I feel like her her biggest line to me and I remember it because I was totally opposite was she was like I will not change for you and you cannot change me and I will do me and there is nothing you can do about it. And I remember sitting her down being like None of that actually makes any sense. And if we're going to be together, I would hope that tomorrow you're different than you are today. So I'm not asking you to change. I'm just expecting that you would like to get better at whatever you're doing in life. Like, I change people all the time. And we should grow and we should be able to evolve together. And she basically was like, no, and you're wrong and you won't change me. And if you think that you're going to change me, then you can go. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, God, I'm going where? (laughs) you liked me she's like oh I do like you but I want you to like me this way and the answer is no and there was a lot of I don't think comparing me to like an old relationship but it was like this is what my life used to be and I won't have it that way so you can't talk to me like that or this is how my parents love each other and I want you to love me that way because that's what love is or this is like she just had all these like expectations in her head which now back that controlling factor of just what can you control and I was just baffled I was just like I don't even know I okay well I'll eat dinner before you eat dinner I won't ask you about it and when you gosh like get up at 5 a.m to work out for four hours before I even wake up I'll pretend that I think it's cute if that's what you want me to do but in in like I actually think you're kind of losing it but like I didn't, I didn't get a voice because you kind of hated that I would say anything. So I just kind of shut up really. Yeah. But it wasn't just food. It was exercise or gosh, going to the gym and Lucy being obsessed with working out and me thinking to myself, well, the only way I'm going to get to hang out with her and she'll actually include me in her life is if I start going to the gym with her. Mm -hmm. And like that it was one of the worst experiences of my life but it was like the only time she would hang out with me Hmm. I was just like okay well I guess I'll get ripped too and then that kind of like this comparison life of she's only eating certain things and she's only eating a certain amount of times a day and she's working out all the time whereas two women I'm like okay, well, clearly I'm not good enough and I'm not skinny enough and I'm not strong enough and I ate too much peanut butter because I didn't scrape it off the top of the spoon and I have too much and you're better than me. Mm. And she would, yeah, kind of. She never said that, but in her mind, it made her, I think, a little proud because she was like, well, I, yeah, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And 
very, I think, very negative and very, oh, it gives me the cringes. Yeah. I don't like. Yeah. Uh, I can say even just my relationship with my husband, there was like a season where I was like going to the gym and training um, two hours every single day and just pretty, like I was in university and I was pretty obsessive about what I was eating and I remember thinking like, um, I think, because I'm 5'5", five, five, and I got down to 123 pounds, but I was literally, like, I started having problems with, like, I lost my period and stuff like that, but I was so competitive, like, I didn't, I wanted to compete with the guys, and I didn't care if it was hurting me, I just wanted to be better and stronger, and where, like, maybe other girls would go and, like, flash people their chest, I would go and flash my six-pack abs, because I was like, you, you think that you're stronger, and you think that you're tough, and you think that you're all that, but I'm going to show you that I can make it on my own and I was very guarded too when I initially met my husband and he said chivalry isn't is dead because you killed it you literally won't let people take care of you you won't let people hold the door open for you and like people want to do those things for you not because you're weak but because they care for you like why why can't you see that and let people take care of you so yeah but I think it takes it takes time and you know, love and grace and patience before you can actually hear that and let it kind of come in into your own heart. So do you want to share, Lucy, just kind of thinking back on those moments, what what was kind of going through your mind or if you had any thoughts that you wished you could have, you could go back and tell yourself? Oh my gosh. I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for my journey. So while there are a lot of things that I wish I could have told myself, I think that it taught me a lot just about you know growing up and and about my relationship with my body and food and and all of these things um I guess like the unfortunate part is is I look back and I used to think oh wouldn't it be nice to lay in bed you know with Kelsey on a Sunday morning and slowly wake up and drink coffee that has cream in it and eat pancakes like I want to and go out to a restaurant because I love food for dinner but it just these things weren't on my plan they weren't on my program they didn't fit into the lifestyle that I'd created and so there's a little bit of I wouldn't call it regret but there are definitely some feelings of like I wish especially in those beginning years that we did a lot of those things because we just didn't and I'm very thankful you know for you sticking around and and seeing it out because not once did I feel forced to change not once did I feel forced to like recover or take steps in towards recovery I just felt like I definitely arrived at that place by myself but I had a lot of support along the way even in little things like I was mad for you know these late night protein cookies and poor Kelsey they're trying to make her own version of to like you know when you look back on a moment like that it's like she's sitting there in bed with me at 11 o'clock because that's the time when you eat the slow digesting protein to make sure it kicks in at the right time of night and she's sitting there with me choking down these disgusting protein cookies (laughs) and like I'm thankful for moments like that because they make me realize just how much just how strong we are to get through things like that but Mm -hmm. very at the same time sorry that we had to go through that because of what I was I guess struggling with Mm-hmm. Do you remember those cookies? They were awful. <laughs> I didn't want the cookies. I wanted to be in bed before 11, but it was like that was her one time that she would eat a cookie and she'd made me think that they were cookies or she would call them like mud cakes. And mm. so tempting me with like these words that I don't think she even understands. And I'm like, okay, so like you actually want to have them at 11. 
Okay, so we're going to stay up later so that we can have a cookie together. And then we go and we like make this cookie in the microwave. And I'm like, it's not a cookie. And what are we doing? And then I'm like, okay, cool. I'll try. And this is so romantic. And at least we're spending some time together eating together, which I love. I like food is my love language. Let's share a meal together. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here being like, this is my chance. And it was so awful. It was so awful and so disgusting. <laughs> Month two, she basically looked at me and was like, you don't have to eat those anymore. And I was like, thank God, because they are awful. It's so bad. And I was like, you're on your own at this point. Like, I'm going to make my own cookies and I'm going to eat them because I can't. I don't know how to please you. Like, I don't. And then you would get super sick too. She would be feeling sick the next day. And like, it obviously affects everything about your body and nothing's regular. And, and she's telling me, well, gosh, I look so fit. And I was like, yeah, but you're eating protein cookies at nighttime that make it so you don't ever go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And you think that that's a problem. You just think, well, you've got abs. And I'm like, but you're hurting yourself. So I'm going to stop hurting myself because I'm not even working out. I'm just like, you <laughs> can... <laughs> over here and i just you know the cookies and the mud cakes oh they take me back to a oh, place and everything the protein frosties the spinach pancakes like everything was you know this gross version of the, a normal thing yeah just because healthier mm. <laughs> sorry kelsey's face <laughs> these pancakes must have been something else some of the food I look back and I'm like how did I I have a photos of a lot of it because that's the other thing I was obsessed with taking photos of my food I was obsessed mm -hmm. with taking photos of my body I was obsessed with all of these parts of it so I have a lot of photos of all of this food and I'm like what is that it just mm. is just disgusting yeah do you remember gosh kind of slipping down into what you would consider your rock bottom moment I would say when, when you say rock bottom, the things that come to mind for me are Friday night and Saturday night. And what they were was just, and I don't even think we've had this discussion of like, you know, it, what you would see from your point of view. A lot of it was in secrecy, but I would just eat and eat and eat and eat all these foods that were off limits. And I just remember waking up the next morning and I would either go to the bathroom and cry or I would hit a workout straight you know as early as I possibly could because I needed to undo everything that I had just done and so I don't know if there's one moment where I like you know collapsed on the floor and started crying and said I need to change I didn't necessarily have that sort of rock bottom but those moments after these big episodes of just so much food, like more than you, you know, want to consume in like a week when you think about how much went, you know, down. Um, it was those moments that were just like, this is terrible. This is not a way to live. And, and I feel physically sick to the point where, you know, I feel it coming up in my throat and I would be like a stomach pain, like it would be debilitating. And then I'd just be heavy feeling and upset and just, horrible horrible feeling and that continued for a long time like nearly a year of that cycle every single weekend um and then having to try and live life amongst that mm -hmm. i would say be wrong. you have this pain in this one area of your life it's almost so overwhelming that it steals the joy from other areas Oh, absolutely. So the weekend would be like when the wheels would come off, essentially, and I would, you know, 
binge uncontrollably on all this food but then I would take all of that with me into the next week so if we had a plan on say a Tuesday night but now all of a sudden I'm feeling really guilty for what I did on the weekend I'm canceling that plan I'm making sure that I'm reducing even more food I'm going even harder at the gym this would just like carry all through the week and so and then it would happen again on the weekend and then just be a cycle and just be something that never really didn't know how to get out of it hmm yeah, that's heavy. Kelsey, do you remember this year? Like, do you want to share kind of some of the stuff that was going on or whatever you were feeling or thinking? Yeah, I remember it. I feel more so than anything, it confused me because here was this woman who I thought was amazing and she had all these like life tips. Like she wasn't like going to the gym and working out and not telling people about it. She was like, oh my God, I'm so fit. I have this new routine. I clean eat on the weekend, like whatever it was. And I eat my cheat meal on it. And she was so proud of herself. So she was like outwardly sharing her advice with people. But then on the inside, I was watching her like. Like self-destruct. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm so confused. Like, I'm confused by you. I feel like you're kind of lying to people. I feel like I don't really know how to support you because I don't agree with you at all, but also I know this is not my battle. Mm -hmm. uh, I also remember the cheat meals and the weekends being like this great, wonderful, fun time because like this fun Lucy came out and she would rope me along with her and I would get to make these delicious meals and like it seems like you ate a lot of food but I also ate the same amount of food because I was just like oh my god she wants to hang out with me and she wants to eat with me so like if she's gonna eat six cupcakes I'm gonna eat six cupcakes yeah. and it was <laughs> for us to like do something together mm -hmm. but then I woke up with that feeling of like I'm a crap person because I did this mm. so then we would have this like really fun weekend and then I would watch her destroy herself for the week and I'm like should I be destroying myself like is it like am I so wrong that I'm not doing that and it like brought us together on the weekends and then on the weeks I was just like oh my god I don't know how to do this like mm -hmm. I don't like you keep saying that you want it and you're so excited for Friday and so excited for Saturday but then you hate everything else in your life and I'm confused because I was excited too but now you're taking that away from me and I was just like I think I don't know I don't know if I want to say like I'm gullible but I was just like I don't know I kind of feel like you I don't want to say you took advantage of me because I don't think you meant to, but I was just willing to be like, okay, well, that's fine. Or, okay, well, I guess you're sad today or gosh, I don't know. But I remember some days like on a weekend we would, I would like, we would eat all the food and we would do all the things and it would be fun. And she'd be telling people all about it and she's bragging nonstop about it. And then I wake up at like 9am on a Saturday and she's been for a 10 kilometer run. She's worked out three times already. And I didn't even know that she got out of bed. Mm -hmm. It's like such a secret to her that I think she probably like snuck out of bed so quietly to go and do these things so that I wouldn't know. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I remember it completely because I was just like shocked. I had never known anyone to ever love themselves so much that they bragged about themselves, but hate them so much. Like there was like this disconnect. I was like, so do you love yourself and you want everyone to be like you or do you hate yourself? Mm. Cause now I'm confused and I don't know if you want me to love you or hate you. Mm. So let's talk about it and tell me how to treat you. Because again, she won't change for anyone. I was like, you let me know what I'm supposed to do because 
nothing I do matters at this point. So if you want to eat, we'll eat. If you want to work out, we'll work out. If you want to talk about it, we will. If you don't, we won't. And this is your game. And I don't actually know how I, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I don't remember having my own emotions about it. I just remember thinking she's in charge. So she'll tell me what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Lucy, do you remember, do you remember like in those moments, do you felt, do you feel like you, you were really genuinely proud of yourself or do you feel like that was, was that real, the feeling of proudness or was that a cover up? What do you remember feeling at that point? I think there was some proud moments. I was really proud of some things I was able to do strength-wise. I was proud of myself for some milestones that I had hit. I was proud of myself for you know changing my body so drastically. So there were proud moments, but they were not, I would say, genuine. How I feel proud now is a completely different feeling. And mm. so they were surface level outward facing and probably why I seemed even more confident than maybe I was was because I I felt I needed to project this to other people and there were times where Kelsey would even call me out for like posting something on Instagram that she's like you didn't even eat that whole thing like why are you telling people you know I I just kind of had this little bit of a fake life going on because I think I really wanted it I think I really desired that and craved it but I just didn't know how to get there outside of this struggle and so the proud moments were there and and I felt really I, I felt really good to inspire other people to take on their fitness journeys and and that's kind of you know led me to where I am today which is just a completely different world but still doing very much a lot of the same things is is helping people but it was just coming from a very unhealthy toxic place where I didn't actually know how to have a life outside of any of that but to answer the question there were proud moments but I do believe that they were all stemmed from this sort of scared terrified place Mm. yeah I think there can be the good with the bad. Do you want to share on a moment that you still to this day are proud of if there was one that you can think of? Oh, I really, it's, it's sad to say, but I really don't have a ton. Like when I look back on it, I even think about, you know, the, these times where I, I feel like I'd go on this like trip that maybe I'd saved up for. And, and when I think about that, it's tainted with these memories of, well, I got up every single morning and I spent, you know, hours working out and I had to pack this to make sure that worked. And I had tubs of birthday cake protein that I'd mix on my oatmeal that I packed. And, you know, I, I there are all these things that are like, okay, that was cool. Like you, you kind of did that and that's something to be proud of, but you also just like didn't catch any of those moments happening because all you could care about was, your workouts and your food and mm. so other than you know personal things as far as like becoming an auntie and developing this awesome relationship with Kelsey and meeting her family and and, and staying in Canada when I thought I was going to go home and like these sort of other like external proud moments that didn't even enter my life because I was just so obsessed with the food and the working out but th- those things were happening I just wasn't really they just weren't really taking up space in my life mm. you weren't really present for it Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I, I share still a lot, very openly and publicly, mainly over on Instagram. And sometimes it's shocking to me at some something that I'll share, for example, a screenshot of like my camera roll showing, you know, me comparing my stomach week after week, day after day, month after month, and how much of an impact that has on people. And it's just very something that's like so simple. And, and people will say, you know, I didn't realize that I had maybe something to think about. I didn't realize that I had something 
to you know worry about or that needed to change i just your camera roll looks exactly how mine looks right now what's what's going on and this has made me think and so it's like it's very interesting what is impactful for people and i think sometimes just saying it and showing it mm-hmm. is people put themselves in that spot and, and start to think wow i wonder if that's something i should look into more Mm, that's a good point. Being on the other side, do you have any pointers that you can think of that represents like a healthy way of tracking versus maybe where you were back in that season of life? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, what I coach and what I teach on, there's still elements right now of tracking food, but the way that we go about it is from much more of an educational standpoint. So we're actually learning about the nutritional content of food and then that is layered with a huge dose of you're still human. So let's make sure that we're eating these things that are typically off limits. Because in my opinion, that's the biggest thing that caused my binging disorder is that I eliminated all of these things that I thought were bad for me. And so when the weekend hit, I didn't know how to control myself around those things. Mm-hmm. And I'd be doing a disservice to every single one of my clients if I didn't say, eat that on a Monday morning, have that donut for breakfast enjoy that pizza when you want it don't feel like you need to save it and so while we do teach nutrition and we we help women through that and to learn about what that looks like we still very much almost like beat into them that there is no bad food there is no reason to feel guilty about anything let's focus about all the good things that you're doing in your life Mm -hmm. instead of the diet coke you're drinking on the weekend and so that's very much a part of my coaching style and i think that that wouldn't have happened unless i I'd sort of been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to that season, uh, you shared on just, you know, eating really unhealthy on the weekends. And, and Kelsey, you shared on just being really excited to have that time in cooking. Did you grow up around foodies or, you know, was your family very into food? I don't think I would call them. No, not really. But my mom... Like, my mom and my grandma cook the same way. It's like, whatever's in the fridge, they'll make it into something, and you'll eat that for dinner. And then the next night, part of that becomes part of next, like, the dinner. Like, you're always kind of using leftovers to make other meals, and food was just of an abundance. We, like, if there was dessert on the counter, like, I didn't have to wait until after dinner to eat the dessert because I finished my dinner. It was like, there is a fork in the cake pan, and I can buy the cake all day if I want. Like, my mom was basically like, eat what you want. Food is good. I like food. Um, you still, like, I still had rules. I had to go and eat my dinner and do those sorts of things, but I wasn't restricted to like only having those delicious things. If I ate my vegetables, it was like, you can have that whenever you want, but also you're going to sit and eat dinner with us as a family. Mm-hmm. So I don't have foodies in the sense of like, we searched out the most amazing food. But it was never of, like, you can't have this or you can't have this. If it's in the house from a young age, you want to cook your own food, eat it. If you want to get up in the middle of the night and have cereal, do it. Like, there was no real restrictions in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know my parents and, like, my mom and stuff now. So I don't think that that was really a part of my life. Um, so I do think... And especially while dating, I was like, well, don't you want to eat dinner together? And I just maybe had this like picture of what dating was supposed to be. I don't know. I never really was in a relationship where like everything was perfect or fluffy. And it was just like, you eat dinner together or you go on a date and you go for dinner. Like Mm -hmm. that's what dating was. And for some reason I was like, well, she doesn't want to date me, but she likes me and she wants me to hang out with her. But like, she doesn't want to go on a date. So that's really weird. Mm -hmm. But I 
like, okay, well, you do you. I'm going to eat it. Like, I don't, I didn't have those restrictions around my own eating. I was just very confused by you. And also was like, okay, well, I'll eat by myself then. And maybe one day you'll figure out that what you're doing is super strange. And when you get to that point, I'll still be here eating delicious food. And we had this horrible thing where every single night for probably about a year, I would say, let me know when you're one minute out. And Kelsey would be cooking her delicious dinner in the kitchen. And then I would tell her to let me know when she was a minute so I could microwave my sweet potato and rice and chicken. And then I would sit down and, and eat it with her. So originally we weren't eating together because that was just not, I wasn't okay with that. And then yeah. I got to a point where also want to share a meal with you and love you like let's sit down and eat together but I wasn't at the point where her food didn't fit anywhere near the meal plan that I was following and so um the words let me know when you're a minute out is just something that will haunt us forever they still make me cringe I'm like oh I hate it I just spent 45 minutes in the kitchen chopping my vegetables and I've like worked in a kitchen my whole life small town that's really the only jobs you can do so I grew up around like making food and eating food and trying food and serving food and watching people enjoy food so I'm in there having a wonderful old time and she sits like away from the kitchen and tries to talk to me mm -hmm. but not close to me because she doesn't want to be tempted by my whatever which then makes me feel kind of like a crap person because mm -hmm. like near me so then we're having this awkward conversation and I'm just like this is so strange but sure and she tries to distract herself with something and yes the words let me know when you're a minute out I remember just being like I'm gonna get you like I'm gonna shake you one day so that you know that you're boiled and now microwaved chicken that's like making noises in the microwave too as you heat it up is so not good for you like i just <laughs> yes you're eating chicken and broccoli but also like it doesn't even taste good and you're microwaving it in a plastic container like what are you doing but for her it was just that was the only thing that really made sense and i was just i guess maybe too stubborn to go down that path with her i was like oh i'm gonna eat what i want to eat like you're on your own sister like, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah if you'd agree with the statement kelsey but it sounds like for you food almost is a way of expressing love for yeah. lucy it was a way of just getting a goal and achieving a certain like output which is so sad because my parents are massive foodies. I now am massive into food. Like if you ask me what I prefer to do on a date, it's to go to a brewery or to go for a nice meal out. Like it's very food based. And so it was just so sad because I knew I wanted that deep down, but I just wouldn't allow it. Mm -hmm. I also want to like make her a lunch. Like how cute of a partner makes your lunch and sets it on the counter for you when you go to work early and you're like, ah, that's so cute. And then I would get, she wouldn't yell at me, but she would be like, you gave me eight almonds instead of four. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know we counted almonds. Yeah. That's not even crossed my mind. I was just like, have some almonds or have some peanut butter. And then she would be texting me from work being like, well, did you, how many tablespoons is this? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I just put it in the container. Could you just eat it? And it was just like, and I, I remember eating her food and loving it. I remember she would make me something and I, it was like this little taste of like, it tastes so good. Even though it was the same thing I was eating, it would just be like different amounts. It tasted so much better. So it's, it's very interesting looking back to be like, gosh, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
so interesting. Um, food is so polarizing in relationships too, especially when someone's struggling with it. I just hurt because I just, I just miss that time with them sharing over food and that, that piece of our friendship where we just like cook things and it's fun and we get to try new things and no one's really thinking about the stress of the calories. They're just there and present and enjoying the meal in that moment. That's such a, f- a missing thing in, in this society. And, and I'm not here to shame any, any diet that's out there. It's like, if it actually works for you, because there are lots of health benefits to some of these things for people, you know, with whatever condition they have going on. But at the end of the day, the bulk of it is so that people can lose weight and so that people can achieve these desired bodies. And in my opinion, dieting and restricting is just not the way to go about it because it's a miserable life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, Lucy, when you decided to get help and when you felt like it was like, this is enough is enough? Like what led up to it and what did you do to get help? Yeah, I started with my help basically reaching out to people on Instagram. It was a very secret thing. Again, like this whole world, I feel like I kind of kept secret. Um, there's still layers of it where I'll like see something in my, the other day I saw something in my, like I'm cleaning up all my Google Drive. It was for New Year's, cleaning up all my Google Drive stuff. And I opened this folder and it's this like plan that I had purchased from like this bodybuilding site. And I'm like, what is this? And I open it up and it's like, egg whites and like you name the diet foods they were all on this and apple cider vinegar shots in the morning and this at night and like all these wild things that I used to do and so it's so sad to look back because there was a lot of the help that I was seeking was actually just finding another sort of coach or online like program to try and help me because I thought that was the answer to what was going on so I would see these people that seemed like they were living these happy lives they were they were fit they looked strong but they were also sharing some other fun stuff they were eating so I would buy their program or I'd try and get their help and it wasn't really until I, I would say the real help started when I actually, you know, I lost my period for a number of years, but when I went to a number of appointments and so there was, you know, discussion about, um, there was discussion about, uh, pituitary gland being one of the biggest issues. And then there was a big discussion with my endocrinologist about you're exercising way too much and you're under eating point where you're actually going to be ending up in the hospital soon if you do not stop this i had like some physical symptoms going on like my body was covered in bruises all the time my eyes were all sunken i had no energy so i was starting to go down the path of why why am i feeling this way and why don't i have normal body functions for the last few years and it was through that that i started to realize and i remember her drawing this piece of paper and she circled three times a week to exercise and I looked at it and I was like you want me to exercise just three times a week and she basically said like if you don't do this if you don't cut back on this if you don't start like you're you're going to end up in really serious you know health problems and so I don't even think I really took that advice and was like okay here I go and change I still resisted it but it was at that point where I started to look into some other health things that I realized I need to change something and then I don't even know if if we ever had a discussion about it to be honest I don't know if I just started to change i don't really even remember it's actually kind of a blur yeah i have distanced myself from the whole thing because you didn't want my help mm-hmm. like i was there watching it and like judging you from afar because that's what i do and i wasn't allowed to have an input so judging was really all i could do but i blocked it out and it was kind of annoying like her habits and her life and her obsession with her taking pictures of herself and it was so foreign to me because i luckily don't really have body image 
problems. I don't ever look at myself and be like, well, you're not good enough or you're not strong enough or you're too big. Like, I've just never really cared. Mm-hmm. So caring so much to the point of like coming home and being like, my doctor told me I have cancer and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, no, you're just it. I don't think you have cancer and if you want me to hug you because you think that you have cancer that's cool but it's not going to help your problem because you don't have cancer you've got a bigger problem and you could fix it but you don't wanna so like I kind of again yeah distanced myself because I was just a what do you do how do you help someone who doesn't want help and at the risk of like if I try to help you you're just going to get rid of me and then I'm sad because I couldn't help you and I wasn't ready to, like, carry the burden of, like, her leaving me and blaming me for needing to leave me because I was just like, this is too much. So I'll stay so that you don't hurt me, but also I'm not going to get too involved because I don't really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was just a very supportive Kelsey, basically, because I started, I did start exercising less. I did start eating more. My pant sizes, I remember I was going to the store and I'm like, my pants don't fit again. Like I was, I was gaining weight, but it was great weight. It was weight that should be on my body. It's weight that my body wants to have. My body was changing a lot. And again, nothing but support from Kelsey of like, try my pants on and like, try this high-waisted And how embarrassing. Here I am (laughs) with my pants that I've been wearing and loving forever. And she's like, ugh, they make me look fat and they go up so high. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Calling me fat? Like, because my pants fit you and you're fat and horrible that must mean yeah i'm fat and horrible i had a really hard time navigating that like new body um because lots had i was so proud of losing weight and so weight gain to me was just like um, a massive thing that i was trying to avoid but then coming to a place where i realized i look actually way more healthy now I, I you know my body wants to be this size i'm energized my workouts that i was doing were feeling incredible i started doing things like crossfit where i actually was way more into sort of functional fitness and like just completely different stuff than what i was doing in the past and then again surrounding myself with a lot of people online actually in the eating disorder world realizing that wow I have had a problem for a number of years and it's not normal to be doing a lot of these things that I'm doing. And so that was really big support. But then, you know, I, I, I even remember there was one time where I went six months and basically the the weekend binging had stopped. And so I'm sitting over there thinking like, oh, I've, I've recovered and this is not something that I deal with anymore. And then, you know, we some drinks one night and then I ended up in the fridge that night just downing absolutely everything wake up the next morning crying because I'm like I've now had you know I felt like I just failed and my stomach is so sore and I feel so sick and um crying to Kelsey and she's so hungover she's trying to like console me and it's just like this horrible weird thing to try and navigate but I I do believe that every day you get sort of better at it and you just still I'm still still learning about things that I am like wow is that something from the past that's coming up or what's this going on Mm -hmm. also a day that she felt so sick the next day is because we had been given a very large cake covered in blue fondant and woke up in the middle of the night or stayed up late to eat all she was doing was rolling fondant into a bowl and eating it so the next day she's telling me how guilty she feels and how sick she feels and i'm like well your mouth is blue and you ate all the fondant on the cake no wonder you feel sick you don't have a problem you've just made a stupid mistake like don't (laughs) even looking for sympathy in a way of like i'm so bad and i'm like no it's if you would have just eaten the cake you wouldn't feel like dying but you ate 
fondant all of it all of no wonder you're sick anybody would feel sick sick and regret this so like you're still normal it's okay just don't do that again that was stupid normalize because it's like you're allowed to eat cake all of it in one night if you really want to there's absolutely nothing wrong with eating a whole cake but when you wake up the next day and you're so concerned about how sick you feel i personally don't think you should be shocked you ate a whole cake (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just picturing like talking and trying to be like carrying to someone who looks like they ate a smurf (laughs) I'm picturing it like we're lying in bed and my mouth is literally just blue and I'm here crying and she's just like, well, you idiot. Like, what, <laughs> you know, like, what do you expect? <laughs> like, your teeth are still blue. I, there is, like, remnants of your decisions everywhere. <laughs> so it might also be the alcohol and the sugar content of the alcohol and all these things. Yeah. And I was just like, this doesn't mean that today has to suck or that tomorrow has to suck or the rest of your life is still an eating disorder you just did something stupid yesterday and that's okay yeah alcohol became the hard part because we'd have you know i'd always ask her can you move if you see me like binging on these oh. big bowls of chips because i would just it would sit next to me we'd all be playing card game and i would just be devouring the thing because i hadn't had it all week and so alcohol made my guard come down big time and then i would completely binge and i have to ask kelsey you know move it away from me please or like help me through it or talk, take me to the corner and just say you don't want to actually be doing that because sometimes <laughs> it sounds silly, yeah. but I, I needed the reminder of like, cause I had made some steps towards recovery now that I was identifying that this was something I wanted to change, mm-hmm. but I still didn't really know how to change it. And so I was like, can you take it away if you see me doing that? And not to say those foods are bad, but the way that I was and the way that I was <laughs> trying to recover, it wasn't healthy for me to have, you know, party size chips times four every night. Mm-hmm. On that, though, we're sitting at a table playing a card game or a board game with people, and she, like, gives me the eyes, and I'm like, okay, so she wants me to move the snacks, but I'm not done snacking. Like, (laughs) why did my life have to change for you? So I had to, like, clear the table like a fool and take all the snacks out of the room. Everybody's like, where are you taking it? Like, give us our snacks back. So then in between, I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm like, I moved them because I'm too full. Like... (laughs) and it was just like so embarrassing for me but then in between every move everyone else wants a snack so they would like play their little whatever they're doing and then they would go to the kitchen and grab a few snacks and then come back and she's just like yeah yeah this is good oh i was struggling you were struggling but it confused everyone and you were just so mad you said just take them away from me or tell me that I've gone too far. Like, I need your support. But then I would do those things and, oh, she did not yeah. like it. It was hard. Mm-hmm. She... I get that. I think at different times in our relationship, my husband and I, we've had moments where we're like, I need your help with this. But when it came down to it, whether it was like help with, you know, studying in school or anything, really, I don't want to be the police. And he doesn't want me to be the police either. And it's not fun for either of us to be the police in the relationship. We like, we just, we just want to be the supportive person, but we like, sometimes you really do need that help. So it's hard to develop that balance. Do you remember what kind of helped with figuring out your dynamic for being able to help Lucy? I don't remember because whatever she told me to do, I just did it. I was like, cool. She's now mad at me for doing that and she'll come up with a new like her thing I think from the outside was there was 
always something new and improved. There was a new way that she was going to get better. There was a new way she was going to exercise. There was a new way she was going to eat. And when that didn't work, there was something else. And we were going to, we're not actually getting better. We're just replacing our old habit with a new habit. And as the girlfriend, I kind of just got taken along for it. It was like, well, here's my new thing. So could you do this from now on? And I'm like, oh, so, okay, we're not having cheat meals. We're not doing any of that. This is our new life. That's awesome. I'm sure I'll do that for you. And then turns out she didn't like that after however many weeks. And then we try something new and she's got to come tell me, well, here's what I'm doing now, or here's what I need from you. So can you do this instead of what you've been practicing? And there was just always something else that I could have been doing better or should have been doing or not doing. To the point where I was just like, you tell me what to do today and I'll do that because this is totally a you thing and I don't even know anymore. Hmm. Do you remember what actually helped Lucy? It was time passing and trying my best was really, I, I wish I had a different like, oh, this sort of therapy or this tapping method or this, you know, there's all these techniques that you can do to break, break away from the mental struggle of an eating disorder. For me, it was really just being in that struggle for a lot longer than I would have want, I would want on anybody. And then, you know, having amazing support around was obviously helpful because looking back, you know, I wouldn't have been shocked if Kelsey said, see you later, that's a lot to deal with. And all my friends, you know, saying, see you later, I don't know what's going on with you. Uh, it was just time passing, trying different things, realizing, hey, this actually isn't the end of the world and it is okay if you look this way and it is okay if you gain five pounds and it is okay if you eat the chips because you love them and have chocolate because it's Tuesday and you wanted it and just really a long time of reaffirming those things in my head was what really helped mm-hmm. and even from from talking with you guys Kelsey it just seems and you can disagree with this but you seem like you just so much embodied peace around food and confidence were you always like that yeah, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, but we've talked about eating disorders for so long. And for me personally, I remember like being a teenager, like wanting an eating disorder. I was like, you know what? My life would be so perfect if I could stop eating or my life would be so perfect if I could throw up that food or my life would be so perfect if I actually cared enough to overexercise. Like it was almost this like glamorized thing, which I don't know if that means there's something wrong with the world or there's something wrong with people. I have no idea. But for the longest time in my life, I was like, if I could have anything in the world, I would have an eating disorder. That'd be cool. Because it just seemed like trendy. Yeah, it was trendy and like a cool way because everyone obviously wanted to be skinny. Everyone obviously wanted these things and we all talked about it. But then there were these outs that all these people had and they like had an easy way. They're like, well, I just throw it up. And I'm like, okay, I tried that once. And like, I seriously was gagging at the toilet for 40 minutes. And my mom was laughing at me because I don't know how to do it. Or like, I, I'm going to become anorexic and I'm going to not eat. And then I'm like, ah, I'm actually very, very hungry. <laughs> it for sure was glamorized because it gave people results. And I was just like unable to commit to it, which sounds super sad. But then also in a way, like it didn't really affect me. No, I don't think I've ever had a bad relationship with food. I don't think I've ever had a bad relationship with myself. I'm a very patient person. I'm a very understanding person. I I don't know. There's one thing from, from an eating disorders mindset that I used to watch that Kelsey would do when she was cooking and when she was making food, you know, maybe she's getting ready to go away for a weekend. And so she's 
making something she's batch cooking she's preparing snacks I always like literally in my life I was like fantasizing about this she would like scoop something out of the jar spread it on without even like thinking about how much she'd slap that together she'd put this in her mouth she'd pour that amount in the pot she would pour the empty bag because it was just nearly empty and she wanted to finish it and whatever to watch someone who does all of this these things around food without that thought crossing their mind I remember and like licking the spoon and and doing these little things that when you struggle you never do because if it's on your fingers that's extra calories if I put that in my mouth than the one that I've measured and so watching her do this for a long time was really reaffirming for me is like this girl like loves food and has zero relationship like bad relationship with food and it's a beautiful thing to watch mm-hmm. if someone wanted to take a chapter from your book just on confidence and love what would you what would you want to say to them or encourage them with are you asking me yes I feel like I can't because I don't I actually don't feel like I have a lot of confidence and I don't feel like I have a lot of love Mm. like I'm easy with food because I'm confident or I don't feel like that's not a problem in my life because I love myself so much I feel like it's just the way that it is and I I think it's because like I'm not committed enough and I don't care enough to make a change like, do I think that exercising on a regular basis would be beneficial for my life? Absolutely. Like, I believe in it, and I believe in maybe not eating so much all the time. Like, I can see why, in theory, there's benefit to all this. I just, like, don't care. And I don't have, a like, a committed drive to be like, I'm going to implement a new lifestyle, whether, and not saying that it has to be a negative lifestyle, but even just, like, a healthy lifestyle. I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's not enough commitment on my end to really care enough, but it definitely doesn't come from, like, I love myself so much and I love food so much that I have a great relationship with it. It's just, that's the way it's always been. I, yeah, I don't think it's, Mm -hmm. like, a confidence or love thing at all. It's so strange because I feel like there's this, almost, like, everyone has some sort of disordered eating. So when you when you look at someone who has zero it's like why tell tell us how mm-hmm. like what that i'm surrounded in is people that have some weird thing that they do around food um and it's just interesting when somebody doesn't have any of those things yeah you're right it's amazing it's very strange yeah but it didn't hard work or a commitment or a decision it's just i don't know but i mean like i've got my other problems so like yeah. everyone's got something <laughs> not one of mine yeah no I appreciate that um so I think there oh yeah I did want to say I want to go back to the pants I read a quote by Michelle Obama where she said that you know like when when young women are upset about not fitting into the clothes they used to fit into it's the equivalent of a preteen being upset that they no longer fit into toddlers clothing you're becoming a woman. You cannot be angry at yourself for not maintaining and staying the same as you were years and years ago. Do you want to share on, you know, just from that journey of pants size changes to becoming a healthier version of yourself, what stuck out that really was helpful for you? I know you mentioned a lot of just having grace and knowing it's okay to trial and error, but I would love some some highlights and stories from that journey of kind of getting to a place that's a lot more healthy with food to even where you are now with helping clients? Yeah, I would say, you know, it doesn't serve us at all to compare 
what we used to be or what we were, especially when it comes to body size. And so a lot of what I, you know, teach and, and coach with clients now is because I literally know how it feels to no longer fit in your pants. And it doesn't mean that I was becoming obese or fat even. I like it's it's not to say that these things were happening. My body was just changing in size and shape as it does over the years. And so it's it's this really slippery slope because it's like you almost want to like clasp onto that eating disorder life because nothing was changing then I wasn't upset about the way my pants fit because I was having to go up a size every month that these things weren't happening and so it's like well do I just want to go back to that because I wasn't faced with this hardship right now and so the biggest thing is just like for me is just to literally try my best not to compare anymore and to realize that doesn't serve me it doesn't serve me to beat myself up about what size I am and to realize that how my body wants to be is that's not going to change if I have a little bit of extra chocolate every single day it's not going to be detrimental to my life if I'm eating chips every single night or going for takeout or ordering these things that we love going for donuts like on the side of the road when you see the sign like these things are a part of life and they bring a lot of joy and so in my opinion they're not worth sacrificing just to be a certain size and I think the other thing that was really helpful for me was I started focusing on other other wins so instead of just focusing on my physical body and, and using that as what I was measuring for success it was things like I was, I was starting CrossFit at the time, so it was like, what? look at what these legs lifted today. Look at what this body put over its head. Look at how many of these. And for me, I'm very competitive, so that worked well for me is to have these other metrics of like, okay, sure, I'm 15 pounds heavier than I was a month ago, but look at what my body is doing and look at how I feel. And so I started to sort of lean more into that. And there were still moments where I was really with I had – um, or looking at a photo being like wow you look way bigger than you did back then like we even Kelsey shows me a video the other day she's like look at your bum and it's like this tiny little unhealthy looking thing because it just looks so wrong it just looks so frail and you know now there's like so much jiggle going on and it's like you know what that's that's all the fun stuff and mm. and these strong legs take us up mountains and they do so i just think to summarize like focusing on some of those other huge wins versus fixating on oh my gosh my pants are now a size 10 instead of a size zero mm, that's a good point what did it look like for developing self-love within yourself do you have any tips on that i know you shared on you know, changing what you focused on, but did you do anything like affirmations for yourself or changing the way that you speak to yourself? Because I know sometimes that can be a big part of how we think and feel is how our own narrative speaks to us. Yeah, and I think we both, there's, especially when you're, you're two females, I think there's, I think affirmations are huge for us and like we're really quick now to catch ourselves when we're not speaking nicely to ourselves. I wouldn't say that either of us are perfect at it now. I still have my days where I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at my hips and like look at my belly and I'll have a day where, you know, normally around that time of month where I'm just like, wow, I feel a bit yucky right now. And so I'm not saying that every single day is perfect and every day is a I love my body day, but I think we've together found this place where we like, talk about it in a really open way of like look at this like I don't know we show each other parts and we're like look at this part wait is this weird on you like look at this down here and like we've just together really <laughs> with normal really helpful for me personally because I'm like 
you're the most beautiful human you have the most beautiful body and your butt jiggles too so like it's okay that mine jiggles and and that sounds so like silly i guess and not like a, a nice way to put like a pinterest quote together about self-love but it's been very helpful for me to have someone support i guess me in that way of just like loving our bodies how they are mm-hmm. on that is that maybe there weren't like positive affirmations but being in a two female relationship i do think you have to be very careful about the way you talk to yourself because we like to generalize and the way she would talk about herself i'm like what now you think that about me too and isn't that just horrible that you made me feel this way because you don't love yourself and i'm very quick to be like she would call me on it like she would or she would stand in a mirror a certain way and she'd be like oh my tummy does this and i'm like look at mine like what's actually wrong with you i have one also so if yours is bad mine is bad and that's friggin' rude don't say (laughs) because like i don't want to start developing these things because i don't have these things and if you're so worried you're i spend all day with you you're projecting your fears on me and you should be very careful Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm straight up and I was like don't say that or like she would hate something about her body and I'm like okay well do you want to see mine (laughs) do you really want to see mine and so like one of our not our favorite thing to do but I find that we do this quite often (laughs) if we have a full-length mirror you don't need to visualize it but we'll stand there and I'm like look at mine (laughs) and then I'm like wait what like and we'll stand like side to side and like her belly button's way up here and like we're the same height everything about us is quite the same we wear the same clothes but then standing naked together i'm like we're very different so different we're very different and like mine rolls up here and yours rolls down there and like <laughs> why and then i we turn around and i was like oh my god your butt's down there and my butt's up there <laughs> so like there's no way to be like well my butt's better than yours and i'm better than you so your butt's wrong it's like we're completely different humans humans are amazing but we're not the same so you can't compare like for me i was like who's to say that yours is good and mine is bad or that mine is good and yours is bad it's just we're very different we're human and it's okay mm-hmm. i just need to move my legs hurt up. <laughs> one day i will have an official recording studio but right now i just have a closet podcast <laughs> Yeah, I love that you shared on just kind of like calling each other out because I think, you know, even me with my best friends, like you, sometimes you stand in the mirror and you look at yourself and you're like, oh, my boobs are so small or my butt is too big or my face and my nose and and all of these things. And then you realize that you are literally insulting your best friend who you think is the most beautiful person on the face of the earth because of your lack of confidence in yourself. And when we take a moment to step back and go, like, look at all of these women of the same blank. Like, maybe it's the, that have the same pant size as you or have the same chest size as you. And you look at them and you go, do you actually truthfully believe that they need to change and that they're not good enough? And most of the time, the answer is absolutely not. And, but when we're in it, we feel it. And it's only when we step back that we can objectively realize that that's not true that's a lie that we're telling ourselves 100%. we are our own worst enemies sometimes and we never say those things to a friend or a loved one or anything we don't even see those things on those people that we see on ourselves which is it's so sad but i think it can get better i, I think if you're struggling with that daily work on it can help it mm-hmm. that's a really good point i want to go back and just 
have you guys share on thoughts that maybe you would share to yourself if you were able to go back in time and talk to the person in the struggle or on the way out of the struggle, whichever you feel would impact the most? One thing I honestly think of is when she was going through the whole she was allowed to have a binge weekend or she was allowed to have a cheat meal, I played into that so hard. I was like, yeah, well, let me cook you the most amazing dinner and let me like make the whole day about food and feed you good food and have you see what it is like on the other side. Because I watched her and I ate my own food all the time and she just watched and I swear she was like drooling at how good my food looked. And I was like, this is my one chance. This is my one chance to prove to her that it's okay and it's delicious and eventually you're going to fall in love with it. And I don't care how long it takes. And if I only get one day a week to do that, like I got really good at it. And I was just like, tell me what you want. And she would say, I want a burger and I want a this and I want a this. And I would like go all out and not just like make a cute burger. I made like the most delicious and biggest burger with the sides and the everything that you like. I was like, this is my chance to show her that like, I love food. I love you. Let's do this together. And we still talk about it. It's like, there's this one cheat meal that she will remember forever. And I'm like, I tried so hard that day to like convert you to be a foodie. Like I really tried. So my advice is uh, if I were to give advice to someone who is dating someone who's going through an eating disorder, I would honestly just say that you need to love yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Because for me personally, if I did not have that self-confidence or that love towards food or that acceptance of food, um, I really do think that she would have destroyed me because she was trying to destroy everything around her I think so with that love for myself I think it protected me a lot and allowed me to not fight her but like put up a fight against her negativity Mm -hmm. Lucy why don't you share your thoughts on if you were to give advice to someone currently struggling with a binge eating disorder what would you say I say this all the time to my clients I am not a doctor I am not a psychologist I am someone who, you know, I really do believe that I actually have a little bit of a a different take on on what I do as far as advice because I've been there. I get it. I know how hard it is. And sometimes, you know, I remember talking to someone and they told me to brush my teeth at night and they were extremely educated. And I can't tell you how many times I tried to brush my teeth at night to avoid a binge and it would not work. It did not work. It just made me want to rebel against it more. And so my advice, I think the number one thing is got to eat these foods that you think are off limits when you actually feel like them make them so insignificant eat them when you feel like them and then move on because as far as binge eating goes one of the biggest reasons is that we are eating and binging what we deprive we lose control and then our brain takes over and then it searches for that again when it's in that moment where it needs some joy it needs some happiness and so if you actually just eliminate that whole piece and you eliminate that strong desire to binge on these foods that are forbidden and you include them in your week you include them every day it the urge will get less and less you'll find a happier spot when it comes to food and and that's something that i never thought i would even be able to say let alone do so again lay it lay it on top of that is just believe that it's possible that you can have that Mm, that's a good point like were you given that advice yourself no did you find that like for me when i hear that advice i feel like if i was struggling with binge eating right now i would be concerned about moderation do you feel like that initially you did struggle with moderation with you know eating the foods that you're craving 
Absolutely. I, I struggled big time around it. And then one weekend it would be this that I'd struggle with, like it was the cake. But then the next weekend it was the the burger that I couldn't stop eating or like eat 10 of them. And so it's like there would there was never a one way. It just seemed to be this like thing that I was trying to catch a hold of, like blowing away in the wind. And I, I think that it was little by little and Kelsey laughs at it, but I vividly remember sending her this photo of this bagel because I was like, a bagel is like a challenge food for me. It's something really hard that I would never have outside of a binge. So here I am every day. I'm going to send you this selfie of me going through the drive-thru on the way home from work. And I'm going to eat one because I'm trying to recover. I'm trying to get better. And she looked back and we've still got the photo and it's the photos. And it's just like, oh my, like I look very sick. I look very ill. I look very sad in these photos. And she's like, cool, bagel photo. Like, thanks. Like first so for her, like she was just a tool essentially that she doesn't even know how helpful it was, but you know, for someone struggling with trying to figure out moderation, it's like, just start with maybe one thing and try that for a little bit of time before you start introducing everything into your world and, and overwhelming your system. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. I like that you shared on that. And I think, um, you know, for me, I know, I know my husband and I know myself pretty well. If we want junk food, we'll go and buy, you know, if I'm thinking I want a chocolate croissant I will go to a bakery and I'll buy a fancy one I won't go and buy a gigantic container of them because then I will eat all of them <laughs> so I like I know I know on myself it's like okay if I want one every day this week I'm gonna go to the bakery and buy one every single day but I'm not gonna leave something that's very tempting for me like out in sight I don't know if you would agree with this or not but just for my own brain I'm like if it's something that I want to have, I will let myself have it, but I won't let there be like a huge surplus in my house because then it's hard to eat it in a reasonable manner. Like I'll eat the whole box at once and yeah. To that point, what I see time and time again, the issue is not actually consuming that large box of croissants, let's say for a few days consuming it. The, the problem lies is when we beat ourselves up about that and when we take that into the next coming weekend and when we then and do something strange because of the box of croissants we have. So I don't necessarily think that – I love that you found what works for you, and I think everybody has those things, but I do not believe the issue or the problem is the large quantity of croissants that you're consuming. It's the guilt and the shame and the horrible stories we're telling ourselves that then repeat themselves in all sorts of ways that lead to, I believe, a larger problem. Mm-hmm. Good point. To be honest, I really think if someone is wanting to recover and someone is really wanting to take the steps, I, I believe at this point, any information is great information. And, and with that, I always say I'm open to talking to someone. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not someone who is trained in therapy for eating disorders, but I believe that conversations around it are helpful. And so if anyone ever wants to have those, I'm my inbox is always open. I'm sure, Kelsey, if someone, I, there's a lot of people reaching out all the time saying, my partner is struggling with this. My friend is struggling with this. So, you know, I, I truly believe that these conversations need to be more normalized. And if you're listening to this, there's probably something that resonates with you. And we're happy to continue that conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you have any resources that you want to tag in here that people could use to get help? I always recommend Nita. So I can definitely send the link over for that. It's more so for, you know, emergencies and you know, if you are someone who is needing some of those extra resources, you know, someone to talk to, someone to go see in person and, and those sorts of things, they have, you know, some great tools. But I do believe also that there's power in connecting with other people that have been where you 
you know, maybe you want to be in terms of recovery or are struggling themselves. I'm a, a firm believer in using multiple tools in your toolkit to try and take the steps to recover. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Share a story of you guys on the other side of beating a binge eating disorder and just some of the favorite memories that you've been able to create together around food and life. Every day of our life revolves around food now. Yep. Like, I don't know how to make one story because we literally wake up in the morning and it's like we have coffee and then we talk about what we're going to have for breakfast and then it's like, well, what do you want to have for dinner? Already, Lucy's like, do you want to have fish and chip Friday? I'm like, wait, it's just so cold outside because she wants to eat it at the beach. So I'm like, well, no, I don't want to eat fish at the beach because it's going to get cold. And she's like, oh, well, we'll just bring it home and eat it. And I'm like, okay, cool, fish and chips it is. Like, I think our whole life revolves. Yeah, like we send each other Instagram all day. Like, here's this cool donut. Like, let's go get this. Let's go make this. Let's cook this recipe. Like, we do a grocery shop once a week now. We're planning meals together. Like, there's just this completely different dynamic around food. There's no, you need to worry or watch what you're eating. And that's a really freeing place to be. I also have a Mary Poppins bag that Lucy used to make fun of me for for a very long time because she would no matter where we were she would say oh do you have this and I'm like yeah I got it and like I just have everything but now that Lucy lets me take care of her in a way we'll be like on a hike and I can tell that her mood went from like being a little bit happy to being a little bit sassy and I'm like here's the granola bar (laughs) and instead of eating me she's like oh yeah I guess I am hungry and like eats it so like we have we'll I met like we used to live in Calgary my grandma lived an hour away we would be going to my grandma's house for dinner and on the way to my grandma's house for dinner we would pack snacks so we could eat them in the car because we were like gosh an hour away that is not that's so much time without a snack so we would like snack on the way to dinner about you know i don't know like that's just how much we love it now so it's like we always and we eat well we eat really good delicious food and we enjoy it together it's it's now something that comes from a place of love and enjoyment versus a place of like just a necessary thing or just like a place of hate it's it's come a long way i think that's a very good point too is that yeah there was binge eating and you were binging on chocolate and fondant and chips and cakes and all these sorts of things but in recovery we don't eat a whole lot of that like we're not just like snacking on cake all the time like we eat pretty much vegetables all day every day and we love them there is times where you crave chocolate but there's chocolate in the house you can go get it but most of the time now that I think that you are recovered 98% of the food that we eat is actually quite good for us yeah and we eat it in very large amounts so that you know we're full on the veggies and the good the good everything to the point where we're like wow that was a really good meal but you know an hour later you want to have a snack have a snack because there's no guilt around what we ate because we're our bodies are actually craving good food so it's okay I think in my mind again I've never struggled with it but it's like yeah we're eating all the time and our life does revolve around food but we love really good food we love quality food we love supporting small shops that like do you know what I mean? We're not going to the snack aisle of the Walmarts and just grabbing the stuff that's made of God knows what. Mm-hmm. We're like our own cookies and making our own things and it's come with love and made with love and yeah. We're very healthy in a way, but we do we're very healthy people who eat constantly. <laughs> <laughs> we're so always, true. We're always eating. eating. Like we'll get off of this and yeah. we'll 
find ourselves both in the kitchen without talking, somehow eating something. It's like, <laughs> oh, I haven't eaten in two hours. It's like, okay, calm down. But that's just what we do. Yeah. That's awesome. One of my favorite quotes, and I say it to myself in my head quite often, is you can't live a full life on an empty stomach. Mm. And I think it's so true. It's like, eat, eat the food and let's go. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on like if someone's currently working through a binge eating, if they're worried about if I just let myself eat what I want, it'll always be unhealthy? Absolutely. And I work with, you know, a number of people that are uh, struggling with eating disorders. And again, definitely not a doctor. You can go see if you're very worried about, you know, your your quality of life, your mental health, those sorts of things. And this is serious that you're at the point where you need that professional advice. Please seek that. But at the same time, you have to lean in and trust the fact that your body will actually treat you really well. Your body knows best. It is a smart machine. And when we try and fight against it, it will it will show up time and time again that it's not really going to allow that. And so in recovery and when trying to trust that process, just remember like your body is so smart and it will tell you these warning signs. And if you're actually giving it really good quality food, it's not going to be searching all the time for those foods that we typically binge on. And if you include them more and more in your life, the binging episodes will become less and less because you don't feel that same urge or draw towards them. Mm-hmm. It's so freeing and exciting to hear, you know, that you can come from a place that's a real big struggle with food to the other side where it's just this place of like love and connection and empowerment. Absolutely. And on the weight loss front, you know, weight loss is the number one reason my clients come to me and start working with me. And so I'm not here to say that weight loss isn't an okay goal to have. But what I do know is that if you actually want to lose weight, cutting and restricting and eliminating those foods that you really enjoy is not the answer. It's not the way, especially if you want to do that long term sustainable approach to it versus just yo-yoing and putting it straight back on after a few months. Mm hmm. Awesome. And then uh, to wrap this up, is there any stories that you gals would like to share on that you think would be great for our listeners to hear? I have one. And it came to my mind when you were talking about, I think, the Michelle Obama quote about the pants or something. And you're talking to Lucy about her pants and like that, I guess, like a fear attached to a bigger size. I distinctively remember being a child and I have an older sister and an older brother and my sister was finally to the point where she could go and buy silver jeans like the brand and I they started at like a size 24 and that was just like the thing but I was still a kid and I remember my mom being like well you're just not big enough yet like I would love to buy you those jeans so you could be like your sister but like you're just physically not big enough yet and to me I think since that day, and I only just realized when you brought it up now, I really honestly believe that, like, I was excited to grow up. I was excited to get into bigger jeans. I was excited to be able to be a teenager. I was excited to be able to have hips because then I could buy the things that my siblings were getting and I was too small to have. So, like, it kind of baffles me because most women, I gather have this thing where they're like oh my god my pants are getting bigger and my hips are getting bigger and it's like a very restrictive sad thing for them and I now remember wanting it 
I remember thinking bigger meant better. And I don't need to have like the biggest size of jeans and like become this overweight person and that's going to fuel me. But I do remember being like, there is a very distinct difference between being a child and being a teenager and being an adult. And I should be friggin' blessed to be able to go through those transitions. And if that comes with bigger pants, then cool, I get bigger pants. And now they don't have like child embroidery on them. I'm a teenager and that means I've, I'm, bigger and better and I'm this is good for me and then you move out of that and you become an adult and it's like I remember being so excited about that there was never resentment or fear attached to the size of my pants I was like ha I am so cool mm-hmm. I am so cool I'm finally a size 29 instead of in the child size and it's like yeah I don't know where that came from but like I seriously do think I was excited about it, and maybe that's why I don't have body image things, because, like, growing and getting bigger, and that was, like, that was cool. That meant, like, I was becoming an adult, and I I think all I ever wanted was to be a grown-up and treated like a grown-up, and my pant size said I was a grown-up because I could shop in the grown-up stores. Mm -hmm. It's like that quote from Eat, Pray, Love where she, they're talking about getting pizza again and the one girl says to her best friend, she's like, I can't because I can't fit in my pants anymore. And she says, when has anyone ever looked at you while you're taking off your pants and went like, mm, no, no, too much pizza here. Like, And she said, let's go pants shopping. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucy, did you have any last stories you wanted to tag on here? I don't think so. I think this has been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, my only like ending thoughts are that if an eating disorder of any sort is something that you're struggling with, please seek help. Please don't give up and please know it's a very real thing. Disordered eating, eating disorder, anorexia, bulimia, you know, there's all these labels. At the end of the day, if you feel like there's something going on with you that you don't love around food, there's something that can be done about it. And I truly believe that there's enough out there that it can help you go through whatever you need to go through and, and come out on the other side. And so just some reaffirming, you know, mm-hmm. good vibes. That you think it's not possible for you. And even when it's hard and even when you want to give up, just keep going. So glad that you did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just that there's peace in knowing that you can come out on the other side. Yeah, that's awesome. Can you ladies let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, we hang out on Instagram quite a bit. So I think that's how we got connected. Um, and so my handle is, it's so it's the online personal training that I do, but I show the personal side of our life and, and everything going on over there. And so it's Dunbells, D-U-N-N-E-B-E-L-L-S. You can find me on Instagram also at Kelsey and Lucy, which is now mainly me, but my handle is still Kelsey and Lucy, and I will show you Lucy's lovely face at all times. Yeah, she captures some pretty uh, interesting moments that obviously I don't put on Instagram because I'll be doing whatever the thing is, and then here she comes with a phone in my face. So you can get a very, uh, with both of those accounts, you'll get a very unfiltered version of our life. Yeah, a two-sided story. Yes. <laughs> and I just want to add that Kelsey is spelt with an I, but I will take both of those in the show notes. And yeah, just thank you everyone so much for listening. And again, you know, we're not making any medical claims here, but just sharing a personal testimony of beating a binge eating disorder. And if you like this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to collaborate on a podcast episode, you can reach out to me at I can do this underscore podcast. 
or my other Instagram, which is Mrs. Liz Seneca. Thanks again. Chat with you all soon.